Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time to get for the all the Kind of a big deal. WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome in to this Friday, August 26th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer Dupuy, Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzellini, and Dylan Bishop, happy to have you with us. Show sponsored in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Guys, what? Did I, did I do something wrong? No, no it was Nick Day. Okay. <laughs> I thought maybe like I didn't push in the No, he button. went to fade it into you, but he still had the TV 10 sports loop in preview. <laughs> so it just faded back into the loop. Hey, late night last night. Yes. You got to regroup today. Uh, great late night, though. Great late night uh, with Hedgesville getting the comeback victory 34-15 to over Washington last night. Uh, tale of two halves. 15 nothing lead at halftime for Washington. You talked to Glenn Simpson heading into the third quarter, and he said it's a brand-new ballgame, and it really was. Yeah, it really was. And uh, as you said in that first half, it seemed like it was – the same ball game as last year. Hedgesville just kept really shooting themselves in the foot. They'd have a big play that got negated with a penalty, and then a turnover gave field position to Washington, in which they capitalized on for uh, both of those touchdowns. So, And even before Hedgesville scored its first touchdown there in the uh, first or the third quarter, excuse me, they shot themselves in the foot not once, not twice, but three times with false starts when they originally had the ball on the one-yard line. Yeah, and, you know, Coach Faircloth was not happy heading into halftime. He didn't look like he wanted to do that interview with you. No, I took a risk in uh, getting him first since I was on that <laughs> sideline. But then again, we did that last year as well. So, first. But I guess if you were on that sideline, just yeah. do whatever's easiest. But, uh, yeah, just in general, you know, shout out to Hedgesville last night. Uh, you guys were all doubting them. Yeah, I, I'll be the That's first true. to admit, you know, we were wrong about the Eagles. I really did not believe that that team was going to be able to throw the ball as well and as consistently as it did last night. So Jackson West, uh, props to him. You know, he made a lot of strides this offseason, and I think that allowed Hedgesville to really believe in themselves. And, you know, we're watching the first half, and uh, a few people had even commented this on YouTube, like Hedgesville needs to stop going with these five wide receiver sets. They need to run the football. And, and uh, as things started to develop and Ruess got that confidence going with his wide receivers, the screenplays were really effective. Uh, you know, he proved everybody wrong and he, he had a great game. And, you know, those wide receivers played really well. You know, Tanner Matthew made some great plays. Uh, Martin made some great plays as well. Uh, guy, so... This is and my the guy one we didn't even talk about. Uh, <laughs> Xavier Kirk. Xavier Kirk and um, the kid that had the really nice catch. I can't remember his name now. Braylon Connor? Braylon Connor, yes. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I thought was crazy about this is, you know, we went into the game with, with a depth chart, and I don't know if it was this week in practice or if it was just the idea to give guys kind of rotate in more than was on the depth chart. But Xavier Kirk was not on the receiver part of the depth chart 
which was crazy to me. And, and he made a huge impact last night. Uh, but we'll kind of start at the beginning of the game, how it was 15 nothing Washington. Uh, Joe Verbal ran 16 yards for the first touchdown. Uh, Rod, uh, Rodrigo Delgado picked the ball up on a fumble, and he ran 43 yards for the score. They had a two-point conversion on one of those. And uh, it was 15 nothing heading into halftime. And, and then something switched. And uh, it was just – it was crazy. We didn't have the exact numbers, uh, but Ruess did throw for 230 yards last night. Yeah, I thought that Hedgesville looked a lot better than the score at halftime suggested. And it was just because of turnovers and penalties, really. They were just shooting themselves in the foot every time they would get some momentum going on offense. And they got into the second half. They cleaned some of that stuff up, only had one turnover, uh, didn't have any more fumbles. And they were able to get the ball out to their wide receivers. And they were just, it was, you know, as good as Ruest was, I think he had a really big impact with his legs. And then a lot of the passing plays were these short plays where their wide receivers would get them and get out in space. And they would make plays after the catch and get yards after the catch. And it was all four guys that they were really going to, Kirk and Matthew and Martin and Connor, that were able to put up 37 unanswered points all in the second half. So, I mean, we talked about who was going to, you know, emerge past Martinsburg in the EPAC, and Hedgesville came out and made a statement that it could be them this year. Yeah, and, you know, we talked – so I got a couple things here. We talked to Coach Matt Faircloth in the summer, and he said our senior said it was playoff or bust. They came out rusty in the first half, but then it really seemed like it was playoffs or bust. And one other point that I want to make is, you know, he also said they were going to throw it around. I didn't think that meant they were going to go to a, a more of a spread offense than a wing offense. I thought maybe they were going to, you know, mix in the plays. But when it was that starting offense, I don't really think they ran the wing offense at all last night. They ran a few option plays uh, here and there. And then when they brought the backup quarterback Harper in, uh, they ran the wing for the final few minutes of the ball game. But <laughs> it's just crazy to me that uh, when he said we're going to spread it around, he literally meant we're going to have a spread offense uh, and we're going to spread things around. Yeah, and uh, I know we jokingly said uh, throughout the time we were filming the EPAC All Access um, that a lot of the players and the coaches were tending to be careful with some of the things that they said because they didn't want to give their uh, opponents uh, any bulletin board material, as people like to say. Um, a team that didn't do that was Washington. Because after that know. game yesterday from Hedgesville, I didn't tell you this last night, but you'll get a little bit of a chuckle since I was on that Hedgesville sideline. There were a couple of guys, uh, for those of you who tuned into the uh, EPAC All Access that we've done. If not, tune in and you'll get the uh, reference. On YouTube, a couple of the Hedgesville guys were saying 8-2 uh, and two who? <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, uh, so they, they, they tuned <laughs> in. Yeah, but I heard attention. him say that, and I turned around. I'm like, hey, you've been tuning in to us, haven't you? And he just gave a little chuckle. So. <laughs> but also in that second half, I want to give a big shout-out to uh, Levi Faircloth. He really changed in that second half defensively in setting the edge on that defensive line. And by doing that, Washington, if you paid attention, was unable to to run to the outside he kept getting bumped in and that's really what helped out that defense make the stops on like the first half they had pretty much nowhere to run mm -hmm. in that second half like in the first half they were doing a pretty good job of defending the run but they were giving up those long runs here and there like the 16 yard touchdown and the 43 yard touchdown and a couple plays here and there where you know Delgado and Vrobel were able to 
break out some big runs. But the second half, there was pretty much none of that. It was the entire defensive line, both Faircloth and Barrett up front. And even, you know, they had a backup defensive tackle making big plays as well. So it was just a really impressive performance by Hedgesville on both sides of the ball. Still, though, I think Washington might have abandoned the run a little bit too early. I think they panicked when they got down twenty to fifteen. Then they started playing a single or a, you know, more of a spread offense, and that's just not their offense. And I don't think that was going to be successful last night. And I mean, they had like eight minutes left, only down by five. I know they hadn't been getting the run game going, and you feel the pressure that Hedgesville's put on you. But if you are able to, you could really have milked the clock down you know got the leading score and really left Hedgesville with little time left if you were able to you know get back to your fundamentals but obviously they felt like at that point that they had pretty much tried everything and Hedgesville had an answer for it so I understand going to the pass uh, and they had some open opportunities at times but I just I feel like if you ident- if you throw out your identity and, and try to change things on the fly at that point you're pretty much beat and, well, it's also uh, tough for them because that style of offense isn't built for comebacks. Yeah, but they had it, time not. still. You know, it was only a yeah. one-possession game at that point, so it might have been a little early to abandon the run completely. It definitely was, but after the ball game, uh, Colin was able to catch up with Coach Matt Faircloth along with quarterback Jackson Ruest, who was our Bodwell Insurance Solutions player of the game. And uh, Nick, flip it over. Welcome back to Moomaw Stadium here, victorious Hedgesville Eagles will now send it down to the sideline. Colin McLaughlin's got head coach Matt Faircloth along with Jackson Ruiz. Take it away, Colin. Thank you, Spencer and Dylan. First off, congratulations, guys. Starting off the week 1-0. I'll start with you, Jackson. Just what's the emotion right now going through your head after this big comeback win? Uh, feels great. We uh, started off sluggish in the first half and came back as best as we could and made it happen. All right, Coach Faircloth, I'm going to ask you a question that you asked me in the uh, third quarter. You having fun yet? Oh, without a doubt. We knew we knew what we were capable of. You know, that first half doesn't show it. We're turning the ball over. We're doing crazy stuff. The biggest thing about it is I think in the second half you saw what we're capable of. I liked what I saw definitely. And uh, you out there obviously slinging the ball. What changed team mojo-wise during that second half? What was said in that locker room from you guys? Uh, just not to give up, really. Um, our deep routes weren't really working, so we started hit closer, shorter. Things started to work out a lot better. And then defensively? You guys shut them out in the second half. What changed? Challenged them. Challenged them. They played well in the first half, but we gave up two big plays that shouldn't have happened. You know, when we went into halftime, we challenged them, you know, and at the end of the day, they responded. All right, anything you guys want to say to the uh, viewers back at home first, Jackson? Sure. <laughs> no. All righty, how about you, Coach? Hope you enjoyed it. All right, thank you, guys. We'll send it back up to Spencer and Dylan now. Congrats on the win. All right, that was the post-game interview Colin had with head coach Matt Faircloth and quarterback Jackson Ruest. And uh, did he really say that to you on the sideline? Yes, he did. And I think that was even before they took the lead. I think it was after the uh, second touchdown where he made it 15-13. I was going over towards the ref for the minute break, and uh, he walks by and he says, you having fun yet? And I'm like, yes, coach. I always have fun in football season. That was so. funny. That was really, really funny. I think I laughed. But, up the, but the mood there really changed yeah, at that yeah, moment yeah. on that sideline, and you could tell all the momentum was you on Hedgesville's side. Changed in the in the stands too. Yes, and you know, being right above a lot of those parents, uh, the mood definitely changed because you could hear a lot of parents not happy with a lot of things happening. In, the in student the beginning section part of the came game. alive, and then the kids 
we're getting some chance there uh, from the Little Eagles. So it was a lot of fun. But all in all, Hedgesville now one and zero on the season after uh, the last two seasons specifically, they've been shut out. It was uh, in the 2020 season. It was 49 to nothing. Last year, it was 20 to nothing. And this year, they get the win. 34 to 15 34 unanswered points and uh i i would say that the kids probably aren't running as many sprints for all the penalties they took in the first half <laughs> they still no might way. be but maybe not uh not after as a many game. i'm saying not as many that's true i think that if if the you know i told dylan we were talking about on the post game show that uh that game could have gone one of two ways in the second half and that the way that it went was not one of the ways that i thought it could have gone uh, I thought it could have been a more competitive game. Hedgesville gets back in the game potentially, or Washington just continues to run away with it. I was not expecting 34 unanswered points in that second I half. I don't think anybody was. And no, it, other than Hedgesville, the EPAC was watching right. last night. The state was watching yes. last night, and I think you can't take Hedgesville lightly this year. I think that this is going to be a team that is quote playoffs or bust. They played that way in the second half. And the first half is their first game of the year. And, you know, when you get under those Friday night lights, some things change. And maybe they just had to make those adjustments. They said last last year they went from no wins to four wins. Now they're going to go from four wins to who knows how many. Because I think looked- I said on EPAC All Access five, six, seven, eight wins. And you guys were looking at me like eight wins yes. for Hedgesville. That is very I true. I think we said that about every team. But now looking back at that schedule after this one, I mean – you go next week. It's I think I was trying to glance Warren at Warren County your, uh, out of yep. Virginia. Warren County. I don't know how they are, but I know East Fairmont played yesterday. They lost to uh, North Marion. So Hedgesville hopefully has their number. And then the next big test for the Eagles would be that Morgantown game because Morgantown, they absolutely dominated last night. Can't remember who it was. It was either fifty South nothing, sixty nothing, fifty nothing, sixty nothing was a blowout. Yeah. So this Morgantown team. Unless South Charleston's just really down. I mean, they were down last really year, year, and it might have gotten even more down this year. But still, I mean, beating another school, you know, week one, 50 nothing is impressive no matter, you know, what has happened to South Charleston. I mean, they're still a AAA team that's been competitive over the years. So that that was definitely surprising that they just dominated 50 nothing. And the other big game around the state in AAA, we just talked about Morgantown winning 50 to nothing over South Charleston, was in the Charleston area. Or, yeah, was it there? As George Washington knocked off Cabell Midland 28 to 21. George Washington, I believe, had a down year last year. They could be back this no, year. They're in the playoffs. Oh, they were 7 and 3 a year. I was yeah. about to say that's who uh, Jefferson beat yeah. round one, that's if I remember was, yeah. correctly. Right? I was thinking about another team. But uh, that could be something to keep an eye on in the standings as Cavill Midland, usually a very good team uh, as well. But, you know, we'll have more uh, talk about these scores from around the state on Monday. But we uh, will step aside for our first break of the day. Segment sponsored in part by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you. Number one first, go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we will uh, preview the rest of the ball games. Uh, we'll probably do a quicker segment here previewing the rest of the EPAC, and then our third segment will most likely be a preview here of Martinsburg-Salem that we'll have tonight for you on TV10, Talk Radio, WRNR, and WRNR on YouTube. Back in two minutes. To your arms, these days of dark. 
You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. TV 10 on Facebook, Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, Dylan Bishop. Happy to have you with us here as we'll do a little bit of an EPAC preview uh, with the rest of the EPAC getting things going. Our third segment will be dedicated to the Martinsburg-Salem game, but uh, we'll kind of quickly whip you around uh, the rest of the EPAC. We'll uh, start things off with the other EPAC on EPAC matchup this week. Spring Mills, uh, they are hosting Musselman, I believe. Is that is that yes. what? Yeah, they are hosting Musselman. Uh, we we talked, you know, at length on EPAC All Access uh, about uh, both of these teams, and you know, Sp- or Spring Mills, the very young team, and Musselman trying to get back to where they were, and you know, that senior leadership thinks that they're going to be where they are. But uh, here's a, a bite. From uh, head coach Brian Thompson or Thomas, excuse me. We expect to be back in the playoffs. You know, we we expect to be one of the top teams in the state. You know, we had that we had such a good run there for about five. I think we had a five year run. We were top five in the state for I, I believe five consecutive years. So you know, we you know the expectations are high. Um, you know, I, I, th- I think we have the talent. We have the depth to win a state championship. I've thought that for years. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm the type of competitive person that everything that I do, I feel like I'm going to win. Um, and I try to instill that in the, the kids that we have, uh, the players that we have. So, you know, we, we you know, ultimately, you know, you, you want to, you want, you don't want to get in the coach's cliche and say, yeah, you know, just one game at a time, you know, long, you know, which is true, but, you know, at the same time, I want to get back into the playoffs and, you know, we, we want to be playing football into late November. We easily have one of the toughest schedules in the state. You know, if it's not the toughest, you know, I definitely think it's it's top two, top three. Playing at Spring Mills or at Martinsburg, you know, it's not like you got to travel hours and hours down the road. So, uh, you know, we play Spring Mills, play Jefferson, we play Martinsburg, we play Sharando. Those are our first four games. None of those are far games. So, you know, it, to me, it doesn't matter if we play at home. It doesn't matter if we play there. Um, you know, every field's the same dimension, the same size. We're going to line up and play the same type of football. We just got to execute. They have to execute is the big thing here for Musselman. They start on the road with four straight road games starting tonight at Spring Mills, at Martinsburg next week, at Jefferson on the 9th, at Sharando in Stephen City, Virginia on the 16th. Then they'll have uh, Morgantown at home, Hedgesville at home, Wheeling Park uh, at home, or I believe on the road, excuse me, Washington at home, Bridgeport at home, and ending the season with Parkersburg on the road. That's a tough schedule you heard coach thomas say it uh but this muscleman team wants to get back to the playoffs they've been historically in thomas a very good team yeah and i think uh they definitely have the talent to get back it is a tough schedule for muscleman but they did play that same schedule a year ago so they're familiar with those opponents um and they're a talented team so they have the ability to get back to the postseason it's just can they get through the grind of this tough schedule i think that's everybody's question uh, because really, you look at their roster, you look at who's returning. I don't think there's a lot of questions about the talent of this football team. It's just, are they maybe running into a lot of teams that are, are just as talented, if not more talented? So it will be tough year for Musselman in terms of getting through each week, but they got to take it one week at a time because uh, they are going to be you know, a competitive football team at the very least, I think, each and every week. And uh, I could see this team you know, getting that second place in the EPAC behind Martinsburg 
or like I said before, you know, fourth place, fifth place because of just how tough their schedule is. But I really do believe that Coach Brian Thomas, he's a good coach. He knows how to get his guys ready, and he'll have them in a situation where uh, they definitely have an opportunity to make the playoffs this year and do a lot of good things. I like this Muscleman roster. I like this team, and I like their coaching staff. I do too, and to be successful, though, at the start of the season, they have to be road warriors. As Spencer just listed off that schedule, they start with four straight road games. I've mentioned that multiple times about them, and obviously the worst-case scenario, which the Applemen don't want, is due to being all on the road, they start the season 0-4, and then their best chance at making the playoffs is winning out with the schedule that they have remaining, and that's probably... uh, more unlikely than you know going 0-4 I don't think they will because I like this uh Muscleman team I like who they have coming back so I think tonight against Spring Mills they have a young team in Spring Mills and because of that I've been giving the advantage all week to uh Muscleman and I'm staying by the point that I made uh I think it was Tuesday that I think the first half is close but then Muscleman breaks away in the second half I think the key for them is that they have their quarterback coming back from injury like Baden this year. Baden Hartman. Baden Hartman. I mean, it's you would expect an improvement on last year when you're bringing back a guy like that, especially in his senior season. Yeah, and because of that injury, he has a big chip on his shoulder when right. we talk to him. You can clearly tell he is motivated. It's season. a very uh, intriguing matchup between Musselman and Spring Mills because I think Spring Mills is out to prove, you know, that even though they are a young team, they can be competitive, they can win games in the EPAC and they can beat schools like Musselman. And I think Musselman's out to prove that last year was a fluke and they're going to be right back toward the top of the state. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see. I think it should be a, a fun game uh, at Spring Mills tonight. Yeah, you talk about Spring Mills. They're going to host Musselman tonight at Washington next week, hosting South Hagerstown, Jefferson 16th, uh, at Hedgesville on the 30th. For that big rivalry there for those school, the Hedgesville that uh, had those people split off into Spring Mills. So, really, that's a big rivalry. Uh, then they're away at Frankfurt, October 7th, home against Martinsburg, the 14th of October, North Hagerstown away, October 20th, October 28th at Albert Gallatin in Pennsylvania. And they end the season switching out Morgantown with University. Uh, which could also be a huge game on their schedule. Uh, we talked to uh, head coach Josh Sims, and you know it's really just about what Nick just mentioned about it be, them being a very young team. Obviously, your first game, you want to get started and, and get that positivity rolling. But when you add the fact that it's Musselman, uh, you know, obviously being an EPAC team, but also a rival, you know, that that definitely is an important game. It's not the end all or be all by any stretch, um, but that's definitely one these kids have circled in their calendar. You know, from last year. Uh from last year to this year, there's been a, a lot of changes um, within the program. Number one, you know, this is this staff's first year without COVID hanging over everyone's head. Um, uh, we've added uh, multiple new coaches. You know, we had uh, got a new defense coordinator and Buddy Hessen, um, who's brought uh, great intensity to our football team, um, has really got, you know, gr- brought great knowledge and experience uh, to our defense, you know. Um, so we're very excited on that side of the ball. You know, also, too, uh, uh, Another uh, former Martinsburg, you know, uh, standout. His uh, nephew Jalen Hessen also helping at the, uh, on the defensive line. Is, is once again 
experience um, uh, and some uh, uh, good youth, you know, to our program. So, you know, we've we've added some new players um, as well as new, uh, you know, coaches um, and some new uniforms. So it's one of those things where we definitely, uh, uh, you know, made some upgrades in, this, in the offseason, and we're really excited to, you know, see how this stuff goes. And, you know, you'd like to hear those things from head coach Josh Sims. It may not be this year for them, but he's definitely putting them in a place to where they can be successful with the way that he's built this staff and with these young players getting the experience. I mean, Coach Sims did win a state championship at Class A, so he knows what he's doing as a head coach. He played at WVU, um, and I think he'll build a successful program at Spring Mills. Like you said, it might not be this year where they get – you know five six seven eight wins but i think in a few years you know you're really going to have to look out for spring mills and that seems to be what we're saying about all of their teams uh as they continue to build just better athletically uh with spring mills so i think um you know they're an exciting team and it could be though this year i mean they could really take some steps forward they have a young quarterback in max anderson that showed some good things last year um, they have a lot of young skill position guys that are coming back. Uh, so there's a lot there for Spring Mills to build on, and they could improve on that 4-6 and six record from a year ago. And I think tonight they can really set the tone for their season going up against one of the traditional powers in the state in Musselman and uh, a team that, again, like I said, is trying to kind of put last year behind them, prove that last year was a fluke. And in order to do that, you're going to need an impressive performance against Spring Mills. Uh, but I think Spring Mills could come out and really just, you know, lay it all on the line and put together a really good performance tonight. So it should be, I think, a pretty good game. I'm looking forward to see what they do because, it, again, they're a young team. So they're not all in on this year like some of these other teams in the in the conference. But they have a lot they can build on. So you got a young sophomore quarterback, but he's a second year starter now so that's really really big that they can have a guy that young build up and potentially be a four-year starter yeah and with that that's why i'm still giving the uh edge to musselman even though as you said even though spring mills is young they do have guys with a lot of experience still because they played last year with another young team those freshmen now becoming sophomores i still think it's giving it a year so i'm giving the edge to uh musselman and if i'm wrong like i was for yesterday's game so be it you're not picking any more games this year right Kyle? we'll have to wait and see i'm leaning toward musselman as well but uh i think spring Mills can make it pretty close i just think we can't all unanimously pick a team because when that happens then you know well well uh sorry i'm picking musselman too Uh oh. i guess i'll play devil's advocate here because i i think that this year is not the year for, for Spring Mills. I think they're going to grow and develop a lot this year. And I think that when you look at the team on the field, they're going to get better. But I don't think in the win-loss column, they're necessarily going to, you're going to see a big jump from them this year. I think they can make that big jump next year and the year after. The way that Coach Sims is building this program with a true offense and defensive coordinator and you being the head coach, being the whole evaluator and having you know key say on everything, I think that's key to building a good program. He's won that, as Nick mentioned, the state championship at a single-A school. Uh, but playing devil's advocate tonight, I, I think you could see some big plays from Max Anderson and maybe just kind of burst the defense. 
So you're going with Spring Mills? Yeah, I don't have a score, but I think Spring shot to win tonight. Okay. All right, final team we're going to preview here in the EPAC. Jefferson, they get things started tonight at Millbrook. They'll be at home next week against Sharando, and Sharando's going to run that gauntlet of the EPAC teams the next few weeks, really, after yeah. week one. Uh, then they're home against Musselman the 9th. They're at Spring Mills on the 16th, the 23rd of September. They're home against North Hagerstown. They're at North South Hagerstown on the 30th. And then October 7th, they're at James Wood in Virginia. Uh, the twenty, They're off the 14th for a bye week. 21st, home against Martinsburg of October 28th at Hedgesville, which we'll have that game for you on TV10, WRNR TV on YouTube, Talk Radio WRNR. And then they close out the season at home against Washington for that big Jefferson County rivalry. Uh, but here's head coach Craig Hunter on uh, what he's seeing from this Millbrook team that they're going to have to do tonight or they're going to have to play to in order to get a win tonight. Basically, what we've seen so far, and now they run a single-wing offense. So, mainly the game plan is to basically shut down the run game, stop the run, don't get fooled by all the misdirection in the backfield that they hit us with a pass, a, ball, a long pass. Um, that's pretty much the game plan right now um, offensively. Uh, we're going to see some things that we that we, that we we like that favors what we do. So, we're going to try to accentuate that and minimize mistakes. And this year, obviously, losing Sammy Roberts for Jefferson, who's now uh, playing in Shepard, they've got a big question in their quarterback room. And, uh, Colin, you caught up with him, with head coach Craig Hunter this week, and he gave you some insight about that quarterback position and who they are. Yes, he did, and uh, they're going with a style that is... Potentially. Not necessarily Potentially kind of similar to what Martinsburg is doing. Maybe, but the way that he he said it... quarterbacks. He said it, we may mix in. But what does that May, mean for the I head coach? Like I don't know. Means more uh, leaning towards because it will be two juniors in uh, Quinton Groins and for some Goins. reason I'm Groins. Goins. Goins. Oh, I put an R in there. Yeah. No. Sorry. Yes, but yes. No, there is no R. Yeah. I apologize then. It's okay. Goins, but uh, I'm blanking now on the other player's uh, uh, name. Something with an H last name. So. Hart- I apologize Harich. there. Harich, I believe. Harich. Yeah, yeah. Harich. So, those two guys will uh, be out there, and um, I don't know if you have the soundbite or not from uh, the I have check of the area schedule yeah, here, with it. So. We want to hear the theory. Sure, why not? Just so. a really strong arm. Um, he's a big kid that sits back here and can throw the ball and put every throw we need it. Um, I think uh, Dylan is a, a more of a dual threat type guy who has a lot of speed back there who can, you know, we can run him, get him outside the pocket, do different things with him. That gives us uh, a different aspect of the offense. And, you know, tonight we'll kind of maybe see where they're going to go with that quarterback system. But I think, you know, Millbrook won in nine last year, I believe. I think Mill, or excuse me, Jefferson could run away, run, you know, with Evan Toole all over this Millbrook team. And you don't necessarily think the quarterback may have to do that much because in the second half they may just be running the ball. Yeah, I do too. And also at the same time, as you heard uh, Coach Hunter say it the first time, um, Millbrook has changed to a single wing. And. Jefferson is uh, used to playing against that with, you know, Crosstown rival yeah. in Washington, in which we saw last night from the single wing, and Jefferson knows how to stop that. We've seen that the past few years for them. So I don't think they'll have an issue defensively blocking that unless uh, Millbrook is really able to execute on it, but I think Jefferson will run away with this and uh, offense 
will be a little similar to last year, but maybe not as explosive. Yeah, I would lean toward Jefferson tonight as well. Um, I think as long as they're able to you know, get easy passes for whoever that starter ends up being at quarterback, uh, that will be good well, for his plenty. confidence. And then, of course, uh, running Evan Tool and having him take pressure off of the quarterback as well I think will be important. So Jefferson wins tonight, but... Uh, it's going to be an interesting season, I think, for the Cougars. I agree. Jefferson wins tonight. All right. Uh, responding, responding to some comments on Facebook, Joe Fox. I don't think anybody said Hedgesville would challenge Martinsburg this year. I think Hedgesville has challenged. You said that? that they would challenge Martinsburg? Yeah. I said that they could challenge for that second spot after Martinsburg. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think they My could fault. be two, two, three, or four. Uh, also, don't think they're a top three team in the state yet. I think they have potential to be down the line if they can continue to progress the system there. Uh, I think they could be a top five team, top four team, make the playoffs in, in the state this year, uh, but not top three yet. I think they could do, go down the line, but that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, sponsored in part by... Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, and his family owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. You can go to Orsini's.com for more. On their side of this break, we'll preview and break down Martinsburg versus Salem tonight that we'll have for you on TV 10, WRNR TV on YouTube, right here on Talk Radio WRNR. We're back in two minutes. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back into this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer Dubuinik, Verzlini, Colin McLaughlin, and Dylan Bishop. Happy to have you with us here as we'll be breaking down our matchup tonight that we'll have again for you as we have all the Martinsburg games this season. Uh, Martinsburg hosting Salem out of Virginia. They went down there last year, and I believe they went down there in 2019. And there's because mm-hmm. Salem was supposed to come back up. In 2020, 2020, but it was the COVID year. It was COVID year. Virginia pushed their season to the spring. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a whole thing. Uh, But again, Martinsburg pulled away in that game in the second half. It was a tight... It was a tighter ball game in the first half, and I think it I think was it was just, a touchdown game. In the yeah, it was first a touchdown half. game in the first half, and I and I think yep. that that Martinsburg offense did what it, excuse me, did a lot last year. Is you saw some closer games in the first half, and then that third quarter they just opened everything up, and I, we could see something. And that's what they're tonight. looking to do tonight. Yeah, they want to be the more conditioned team because a lot of the guys in Salem side, even though obviously a lot of the guys on the Martinsburg side maybe not as much as Salem play both sides of the ball we see that a lot in the high school level Salem that happens a good bit so Martinsburg is hoping to exploit that wear them out in the first half and then as we said in last year's game really explode in that second half be the better conditioned team and that's where you hurt them with the big plays yeah obviously you're losing Hudson Clement off your team the uh, Gatorade player of the year but you've got his brother who could very well uh, have the family repeat with that award this year uh, with the way that he can run the ball, and you have him and Ezra Bajant that are be splitting snaps at quarterback. You know, obviously you can have Murphy running the ball a lot more than you know, and Ezra throwing the ball. But I mean, this is your favorite for your state champions here, uh, not Hedgesville. If that's what I accidentally said in the, our segment about Hedgesville, I didn't mean to say that they would challenge Martinsburg. I meant they would challenge for the next spot after Martinsburg. 
It's okay, Dylan. Just just admit it. You you're on the Eagles bandwagon. Best team in the state, Hedgesville Eagles. And yeah, you know me. Just, and just, just clip that it. and just keep repeating it for everybody throughout the rest of the day up until the Martinsburg game. Hedgesville yeah, Eagles. I think that's what we're here. Yeah, yeah. No. that's what we're gonna do. I'm, I'm but, gonna uh, right after show. I mean, I think tonight's game is a good opportunity for Martinsburg to really uh, get some good competition against Salem. Salem's a good team. You know, they were 11 and two a year ago. Made it far into so the semifinals. semifinals. I believe yep. felt a broad run. So, yes, 28-24. Yeah, and Broad Run's always a really good team in the state of Virginia. So, I mean, they're going to give Martinsburg a good challenge, a good competition. I think Martinsburg wins tonight. Um, and it is possible that Martinsburg does what it wants to do, which I think is imp- not only beat these teams that they beat last year, but they want to beat them and not have it be as close as it was last year. So we'll see if they're able to do that. And really, they have a lot coming back, you know, Dylan mentioned all the all the big names in terms of the quarterbacks and some of the wide receivers. You know, Roman Pearson comes back, so you lose Hudson Clement. You have a few other guys that are really fighting for uh, production in, in the wide receivers. The only concern for me is a little bit about the young offense and defensive line. Uh, but even though they are young, they have some experience there in Fleming and uh, EJ Hendricks. So. Those guys got playing time. They're just only juniors. Uh, Hendricks is going to be out tonight, I believe. So. Yeah, he's recovering from an injury. We talked to him on EPAC All Access, and you know he's making his way back from that. I think he targeted was it week three? I think so. Was yeah. I believe sometime around yeah. there. But you also got to remember the new guy in the junior Rashad right. Reed has got a yeah. ton of praise. I talked with him. Uh, you'll get to hear the interview with uh, me and him tonight during the pregame show and. He's a big dude that is going to look to tear it up on the defensive line as well as be able to protect that quarterback on the offensive line. He is strong. I think what he said, he benches. His max is 360, and his uh, squat was, I think, like 515. He gave the exact numbers because I asked him during the interview, but he's only a junior coming, uh, just moved from South Carolina, him and his family, and he's going to be... Is he only a sophomore? I thought he was a junior this year. I could be wrong. I believe he is a junior. Based he is on a junior. I, the look at it. You're fine. At the one right above him, the player right above him on the the roster. And uh, then offensively, I'll let you finish your point first. What I was going to say was, you add him to that offense and defensive line, and you got to think maybe he rotates a little bit yes. more on that defensive side of things because you you know we saw this last night. You want to give those big guys a break. Yeah, and I think too. But Martinsburg has the ability to rotate their guys on each side of the ball because you've got a lot of players one thing tonight though is going to be a little hard on the defensive line if uh they're without a player in eric king who is you know questionable going into to this week after uh you know he got hurt last week in that scrimmage yeah i think obviously the concern with the offense would be that you're replacing three starters on the offensive line and your leading receiver coming back, Roman Pearson, only had 31 catches last year. But they are, again, we mentioned Rashad Reed as another transfer, and Jameer Hunter, mm-hmm. the transfer from Spring Mills, is coming in at wide receiver, who had a 75-yard touchdown against Martinsburg last year when he was playing for Spring Mills. So they've been able to you know, reload a little bit, and we'll see what those other backups that they've had waiting in the wings are going to be able to do. But I think that this program... Obviously, they have guys that can step up. And you got to remember, everybody's obviously worried being a Martinsburg fan in the fact that with Hudson being gone, everybody, you know, from last year, it was like, oh, do it all Hudson. 
And it really wasn't. It was, yes, he had 23 touchdowns to lead the team, but looking at the stats right behind him in touchdowns was his brother Murphy with 22. Yeah, and Murphy was only a sophomore last exactly. year. Exactly. Yeah. And he's coming back from that injury. Maybe a little. they're going to use him a fine. little bit less, maybe, because it's hard an injury to come back from. Uh, when you caught up with Coach Sherman, you had the full interview tonight on the pregame show. Uh, they had a great week of practice. Uh, but here's what he wanted to key in on and kind of his keys to the game for a victory tonight against Salem. We've got to block, tackle, and not make mistakes. And I mean, we had four turnovers against these guys last year. It was a tough game last year. Um, and, and, you know, they're a tough team. And so you can't make mistakes and, and beat good teams and usually beat any team. So we just got to be really good at not making mistakes and just make sure that uh, we come out and play the type of game that we know we can play. And that's the type of game they know they can play. And I think uh, think that this is going to be a good game tonight, as we saw last year. And I think maybe with you know more experience uh, for both those quarterbacks, that uh, tends to be maybe a little fewer turnovers. But Salem, one of the top teams, they're ranked in the top 10 of teams in the state of West Virginia, no matter the classification. So it's going to be a tough game tonight. But final thoughts on this matchup. Well, I think Coach Sherman really uh... – hit the nail on the head there i mean the one game they lost last year was to spring valley and that was because of turnovers so if martinsburg just executes you know doesn't turn the ball over doesn't get dumb penalties uh, they could definitely win this game tonight and i think win it by two scores i think that martinsburg lost the best player in the state from last year but they may still have the best player in the state his younger brother there you go and when you look at the competition last year uh that one lost to spring valley uh but the other games the out-of-state teams are the teams that challenged them. Uh, the the high the higher teams in Salem, Highland Springs, and Riverside were really the main challenges on the schedule for those teams last year. They're all back on the schedule. It's going to be a great season of Martinsburg football. We'll, you'll have it all. We'll have it all for you here on Talk Radio WRNR TV ten WRNR TV on YouTube. Got to hit the last break segment sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford. They're revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you if you like it. They'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more on the side of this break. We'll wrap things up. Get you ready for the other weekend this weekend in other sports. After this two-minute break, you tune in the Sports Mix. Talk Radio WRNR TV 10. Training class AAA state champion Martinsburg Bulldogs are ready to run it back. Snap back placement down. Kick is blocked. It's blocked and it's taken right out of the air. Racing down the near side is Cam Shallis with blockers. He's to the 40, to the Jefferson 30 and 20. He's to the 10 and Shallis is going to return it all the way. The Bulldogs open the 2022 season at home Friday, August 26th against Salem out of Virginia. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. only on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix on Talk Rated WRNR and TV 10 for your Friday, August 26th, Football Friday here. Segment sponsored in part by the Marriott Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or you stop by their offices right here in 1270 Winchester Avenue. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, and Dylan Bishop. Happy to have you with us here. We'll whip it around the regional and national sports realm. Uh, we'll quickly start uh 
No starting quarterback yet for WVU. It's probably going to be JT Daniels. We've been talking about this all week. Probably expect that Monday will come out around noon during the Neil Brown press conference show, which you can hear the full thing, or the Neil Brown press conference. You'll hear the full show, 1 p.m. played back here as we are the official home for the Mountaineers here in the panhandle from uh, as the affiliate for the West Virginia Mountaineers. What if it's not JT Daniels? If it's not JT Daniels, it's me? we'll have a good show topic probably because it will come out. I think it happened, right? Yeah. If it's you, you better beat Pitt. I hope you've Otherwise, been don't come pit. back here. I hope you've been studying that got Pitt it? defense, Nick. Yeah, I have. Uh, they got Aaron Donald over there. Throwing helmets? <laughs> yeah. All right, well. Pitt player. I can uh, he commanders? We can talk about that at a later day. <laughs> commanders, uh, final preseason game tomorrow. Uh, we'll have that game for you right here on Talk Radio WRNR tomorrow, 7 p.m. It'll be a 5 p.m. pregame show uh, in Baltimore to play the Ravens. Ravens run, have won 22 straight preseason games. Uh, we already know Ron Rivera said that they'll play very limited with the starters. I'm assuming one drive, no matter what happens for each team, whether it's a three and out or they go down the field, score a touchdown. You'd like that to end that way. Uh, but I think that... Uh, if they do so, that, that'll look good. If not, you'll still have more questions about the offense. We're going to make it 23 in a row, baby. Ravens preseason champions. No, I already made the joke that uh, the Ravens preseason uh, streak is now longer than the Undertaker streak. But you know what I think of when I think of the Washington Commanders? The Undertaker? Because Brock Lesnar. The streak ends Saturday night. Brock Lesnar ain't walking through that door, Colin. He's not putting on the pads. I mean, I could care less what happens in Vikings tomorrow's preseason game, but I'll uh, say that the Ravens are probably going to win. because Probably. They, they just can't do. lose a preseason game. But no. if the commanders, commanders go down the field and they score first, it's probably going to be against like the Ravens' second-string defense. So is it really something to be uh, proud about? Yeah, I don't know. Steelers also in action this weekend, Sunday, against the Lions at 4.30 p.m. Uh, Nationals back in action tonight at home against the Reds. Top pitching prospect Cade Cavalli on the mound. We'll talk about that Monday as well as a recap of all of the area football scores as well as potentially some big matchups around the state. But that will do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, We just got uh, Julio Rodriguez's deal. Yeah, 6 p.m. pregame show tonight, 7 p.m. kickoff right here for you on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10, WRNR TV on YouTube. Uh, rookie for the Mariners, Julio Rodriguez, 14-year, $210 million extension. Huge. We'll break that down next week, but that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For a Dylan, Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you tonight on the pregame show. Martinsburg Bulldogs play here only on Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg.